Jensen read for us earlier this morning. We're going to read that again from Isaiah chapter 9. Our reading is going to begin at verse 2 and then read just through verse 7 of this chapter. Isaiah chapter 9, beginning at verse 2. What we hear now is God's word. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder and the rod of his oppressor you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, we have come this morning to the third Sunday of Advent. Uh, this year we are focusing on the traditional Advent themes. On the first Sunday, uh, we talked about the hope we have at Christmas time. Uh, last Sunday, we talked about the peace that we have at Christmas time. And this morning, uh, focusing on the joy that comes at Christmas time. And certainly, this text from Isaiah gives us beautiful pictures of that joy that belongs to God's people. A joy that comes because of Christmas, a joy that comes because of what Christ has done for his people. And that joy we celebrate this morning. We read in verse 3. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest. The joy of bringing the harvest in. It is like that type of rejoicing. Now it's been only a couple weeks ago. We gathered here on a Thursday morning, on Thanksgiving morning, to bring joy to God, praise to God to thank God for the blessings of the harvest time of year. And I encourage you on that day to, to think about particular things uh, for which you are thankful. Thankful for God's blessing and care to you. And so I do that once again today. We rejoice in God's goodness to us. We rejoice in his care for us, his people. We are thankful thankful for all the blessings we enjoy, but most particularly, we are thankful that we have been redeemed from our sin. And that's how, how Isaiah begins this section, with this picture. He says, verse 2, the people who walked in darkness 
have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. That picture of darkness and light. Isaiah says, that's what it's like for you. For you who know the joy of the Lord, who know what it is to be redeemed, he has taken you from darkness and has brought you into his glorious light. He has taken you from death and has given you life itself because of the work of Jesus Christ. Oh, if there was ever any reason for joy, that is it. We are those who were living in darkness but because of the glory of God revealing himself to us by the power of his spirit working in our hearts, we might embrace the truth of who Christ is and be brought into the light and be given life. We rejoice, we celebrate what God has done for us in this Christmas season. He goes on in verse 4. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder and the rod of his oppressor have been broken as on the day of Midian. These pictures of a yoke and a staff and a rod, they are all pictures of being put down, of being oppressed. And Isaiah says, these things have been broken. You've been set free. Free like on the day of Midian. What was the day of Midian? Maybe some of you remember that story from the book of Judges. A story of a man named Gideon. Gideon who was told to go and do battle at Midian. And so Gideon musters this huge army, over 30,000 men, ready to go out to battle. And God says to Gideon, that's too many. That's too many. Send some home. And over a third, two-thirds of them leave. And Gideon is left with 10,000 men. Now still a pretty good fighting force. 10,000 men ready to fight. And God says, that's still too many. That's too many. And he pairs down the fighting men until there are not over 30,000, but Gideon is left with 300. 300 to go to battle at Midian. And, and then when they prepare, they don't get ready to go to battle with their swords and their bows, Gideon says, you want to get ready for battle? This is what you take, two things. You take a trumpet and you take a torch. What? We're going to battle. You take a trumpet and you take a torch. 300 men against the Midianites. And they go, and they go to Midian and they, they blow the trumpets, and they hold the torches, and the people of Midian are so confused, they end up fighting each other. <laughs> they fight themselves. God has the complete victory. 
they didn't have to raise a sword. They didn't have to pull a bow. God went ahead of them. All they had to do was to believe the word of God. Take only what I tell you, a trumpet and a torch. Neither of these are fit for battle. And yet Israel has the complete victory. God did it all. That's the type of victory we have in the coming of Jesus Christ. A victory, a freedom accomplished by God alone. A release from captivity. A release from our sin. We rejoice. And we rejoice in what God has done. He has done everything necessary to secure the victory. All we do is, is listen to his word and put our faith in him. Put our faith in what he has done in Jesus Christ. And, and beyond just having the victory, verse 5, and every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for fire. Even, even the instruments of destruction are taken away. That's how complete the victory is. God does absolutely everything necessary. And so in that, in that, we rejoice at Christmas time. We have joy because of what God has done. A victory accomplished, a victory accomplished through a child to be born. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. A child to be born. A royal child in the line of David. A child given a royal name. A fourfold name. He is called Wonderful Counselor. What does a counselor do? A counselor provides wisdom. A counselor gives instruction. This one to come, this child to be born, is a wonderful counselor, sometimes translated perfect in counsel. He gives the best counsel, the most wisdom. Remember when Jesus Christ came and he was teaching, they said, who is this? He teaches with authority. He's just like he knows what he's talking about. That's the wonderful counselor. And Jesus continues to teach us today. He teaches us through the ministry of his word. Instructs us in who he is, who God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are. Instructs us how we are to respond to that holy God. Well, that's one of the reasons why and so it's, it's so important to regularly attend a worship service. Because here Christ teaches us. The wonderful counselor helps us in our life. Teaches us how to live. If you are looking for answers in life, those answers are not found in worldly counselors out there. They are found in the perfect counselor, the wonderful counselor, Jesus Christ. And he is declared every Lord's Day morning and every Lord's Day evening as we gather together for worship as his church. He is wonderful counselor. He is mighty God. A picture of him as a warrior. A picture of him as a victor. One who accomplishes his purposes. But his victory was not over the people of Midian. 
His victory is over Satan himself. He defeats Satan at the cross. He destroys the works of the devil. Jesus Christ is the one and only and supreme king. And he rules over all of his people. He has earned that right as the mighty God, as the warrior king. He is everlasting father. That picture of father is a picture of relationships. He's eternal, but he has a loving relationship with his people. A father is a protector. A father is a provider. We have a loving God who, who protects us, who provides for all of our needs. Our physical needs, our spiritual needs. He, he has ongoing care for us, his children. He is with us at all times. He is with us in all places. We cannot go anywhere out of the sight of our God. Anywhere beyond his loving, caring protection. This is the picture given to us of the one who would come, this royal child. He is the prince of peace. You know, we talked about that last Sunday, about peace at Christmas time. I'm not going to re-preach that sermon this morning. But he did come. He did come to bring us peace. Peace between God and man. Peace between a holy, perfect, righteous God and a fallen and sinful man. A peace we could not accomplish ourselves. But a peace that was accomplished by this royal child, by Jesus Christ, by the one we celebrate at Christmas time. And he is the one who continues to make that peace between God and man. He is the one who calls you today to put your faith in him. Put your trust in him. Embrace this child now, Savior and King. Embrace him as Lord of your life. And know peace between a holy God and yourself. One who has now been reconciled to God because of the work of Jesus Christ. That is the call of the gospel again today. Put your faith and your trust in him. And because, because we have been reconciled to God, we can be reconciled to each other. Reconciled to our family members. Reconciled to those with whom we don't always get along very well. But we've received the gift of being reconciled to God. How do we, how do we hold a grudge against a member of our family? How do we hold a grudge against a member of our Christian family? Christmas is our time to remind us to seek reconciliation because we have been reconciled to God himself. And if God holds nothing against us, who are we to hold anything against a brother or sister in Christ? It's a time of joy. Joy because for to us a child is born and to us a son is given. We celebrate the gift of Jesus Christ at Christmas time. To us, a son is given. When the angels came, they said, A Savior has been born to you. This glorious gift. We have received the gift of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
We have received the gift of the washing away of all of our sins. We have received the gift of being seen as perfectly righteous because of his righteousness. We've received this glorious gift. And as we have received this gift, so we are to share this gift. Christmas is not a time to hoard the truth of the gospel. Christmas is not a time to keep this to ourselves, but Christmas is a time to share, share this glorious truth. Kids, maybe this Christmas time, um, you're going to get a present from mom and dad. Maybe it's something you really, really want, and you open that present, and you say, oh, mom and dad, this is my favorite thing ever, and they're going to say, wonderful, we're so happy, and you're going to play with that and play with that, and eventually, eventually mom and dad are going to say, you know, maybe you should let your brother and sister play with that too. You should share that. There's a joy in sharing what we have with others. How much more so for the gospel? There's a joy in sharing the true joy of Christmas with those around us, with those in our workplace, with those in our neighborhood, with those in our family, to share this joy and truly celebrate the gift of Jesus Christ at Christmas time. It's a time to rejoice, a time for joy. Joy because of the victory we have in Christ. Joy because of the freedom he has won for us. Joy because he is that child of promise, that royal child who is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And joy that if you have embraced Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he came for you. He came for you to take you from darkness to light, to take you from death to life. That's why we have joy at Christmas time. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we thank you and we praise you for your holy word, a word that instructs us, a word that teaches us, a word that encourages us to rejoice in the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ alone. Lord our God, if there are those here today who have never embraced Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I pray that you might work mightily and powerfully in their hearts today, that they might truly enter the joy of Christmas, the joy of belonging to you, the joy of being freed, freed from our sin, and now free to live for you every day of our lives. Thank you, O oh God for your goodness to us. Bless us in this Christmas time. Bless us as we rejoice in the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Hear our prayer, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.